what you do if you are a lover of languages, but you don't know what to do with them as a job. Well, today we're going to be speaking to someone who is faced with just that problem. Welcome to Graduate Compass, the podcast for graduates who haven't quite figured out what their next step is going to be. Niamh O'Riordan, welcome to uh, another episode of Graduate Compass. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, just as, as kind of a starting point, can you let us know what you do now as a job and what you originally went to college or university for to study a degree in? Yep. Um, hi, Kian. Thanks for having me. Um, now I am working as an associate solutions consultant in a company called DocuSign, which is a tech company that um, sells electronic signatures. And I'm working on the French team there. So my degree in college was arts and I did French and Spanish. Um, so it is kind of related to my degree, um, but it took a while to to work with French, um, as I'll explain later on, I suppose. So just to give us a little, a little bit of a clearer starting point, can you give us a, an idea of what your kind of day-to-day job at the moment entails? Yeah, no problem. So I joined this job in June, so it's still fairly new, but my job is, so basically the way the team is set up is that a team called the account executives, they will talk to clients who are looking at our product, which is e-signatures and more uh, complicated products as well um, to do with e-signatures. They will talk to account executives and if they like the sound of the product, the account executives will get onto my team, which is a solution consultants to set up a demonstration of the platform. So I'll show the clients, which for me is, is French clients and clients from the UK. I'll walk them through a demonstration of how you would send a document with our product. Um, And if they have any questions or specific use cases that they want to see or want us to demonstrate for them, I can tailor the demonstration to their needs as well. So it's really varied. There's loads of different clients. It could be real estate or um, pharma, medical companies. So that's one thing I really like about it. And the fact that I'm getting to use my French as well um, with these clients is really, really good. So that is it. I don't know if that makes sense to you, uh, the role, or do you want me to go into more detail about it? I've got a a good starting point. I'm wondering, is is, is this, so is this... um... Are you kind of uh, selling the software? Are you kind of helping with the technical side of it? Can you give us a little bit more information about that side of it? Yeah, it's basically both actually. Um, so it's pre a pre-sales role, but I would have to demonstrate the value of this product to the client. So um, show them how this um, faster process of signing documents would um, influence them and it increase their revenue. So it, that would that part of it would be um, selling, but then there's developers sometimes on the phone too. So you'd have to explain how our product product could integrate into their websites, for example, and how they could um, send documents directly from their website if they wanted to do something like that. Um, so you would have to know the tech, technical aspects too. So it is actually quite a good mix of the sales skills and the technical skills. Um, so it's it's actually, you kind of summarised it well, it's a, a good balance of sales and and technology too. 
Brilliant. And so thanks for giving us a kind of a, a clear idea of where you're where you're at now, what, what you're what you're doing. It sounds really interesting. We'll, we'll go back to that uh, again in a minute. But I want to start back to the days when you had to go to university or college. Can you tell us a little bit about why you studied what you studied and what your motivation, what you hope to do at the time and, and what your kind of general thought process around that was? Yeah. Um, so when I was in Leaving Cert, I had a lot of different um, options ahead of me. I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I, I did like school a lot and um, I was quite good at school, I suppose, as well. I um, I didn't really have any subjects that I hated. Uh, so it was kind of hard that way to nearly rule things out because I couldn't kind of see myself doing a few different things. So I did tech graphs. So I was kind of looking at architecture and then I did I quite liked biology and physics so I thought maybe medicine and I also liked languages so that's basically all the school subjects but um I had put a load of different things on my CV and then my parents just said do something that you really like and something I suppose if you're good at it that'll help as well so I did um I did like French the most out of all my subjects so I decided I want to do that in college so I was looking at linguistics courses um but they seemed quite specific and they weren't in Cork either so my parents were like look if you're not sure do something that's in Cork and involves languages and then see how you go from there so I started and I picked French and Spanish because I wanted to pick up another language and um it's quite close to French as well so I thought that might help me and then I did European studies and history as well um in college in first year and I figured out that I was much better and I preferred the languages so for second third and fourth year I um I kept the French and Spanish on and there was the option of Erasmus as well so that was always a good um a good draw to do French um so I, I really enjoyed college actually I, I really liked learning the languages and I didn't really think too much about what I wanted to do afterwards then but I yeah I really really liked that course and I'm glad that I did it and I remember people saying at the time oh but you could have done you got more points you could have done something else but I just wanted to do something like that I wanted to do rather than doing something for the sake of the points. And I, I just want to clarify for, for the sake of people who are listening who maybe aren't from Ireland because we've got a lot of people listening from the UK and the United States and Canada. Um, was it a general arts degree? Is, is that what you what you did where you, you pick a number of subjects and then you kind of whittle it down to kind of a major and a, a minor? Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, exactly. That's it. I think I did. I think I might have done 50 percent French and 50 percent Spanish by the end. But yeah, it was a BA um, general arts degree that I did. So anyone who's listening from the UK, there's not really an equivalent that I'm aware of uh, at the moment. Usually you kind of go in and you'd, you might specialise in, in Spanish or French in, uh, individually. But just to kind of give you a bit of a context, uh, they're, they're quite a, um, a, a common approach, I suppose, to, to teaching in uh, institutions in Ireland. So anyway, move, um, moving on from that. So when you came out and you wanted to kind of, you know, you, you've got this uh, effectively a degree in French and a degree in Spanish. What was your initial thoughts on kind of how are you going to use this or what were, you, what were the jobs you started to look into? How, how did that kind of transitional period from finishing your degree to kind of the workforce play out for you? Um, that's a good question. I didn't really start worrying about it till maybe final year. Like when I went to Paris on my Erasmus, I absolutely loved that. And I knew I wanted to spend more time 
in France. So I actually stayed on for after I did my Erasmus year in Paris, I stayed on for a summer in France and just worked in this kind of a holiday village in the south of France because I thought um, after my Erasmus, my French was really good. But when I got to this holiday village and there was no other English speakers, it was not good. Like I had to like learn all the slang and learn how quickly they they spoke. So I improved my French a lot more there than I did on my Erasmus and when I came back to college for my final year in September I started thinking then about what I wanted to do and I had a chat with my French teacher and she was asking if anyone was interested in translation masters and I was and she talked to me after um after one of the classes and she said that I'd be able for it but it, it was a very lonely job and you could be translating books and it's not very well paid and it just she said it's a really tough job so I was like hmm, I better think again so then I started applying for all these grad pro programs kind of for, just for any companies like um, Kerry Group and um, in Enterprise Ireland, different grad programs, because I just wasn't sure how else I would start somewhere. I, I just figured I had to uh, have a look at all these different companies and at least I'd have something when I finished. But I actually didn't get any of the jobs that I applied for. And my backup plan after final year was to go to teach English um, in Spain so so I ended up being not being stuck with because it was actually a really good move in the end but I uh, didn't have a, a grad job and I, I went over to Spain um, after final year to teach English there so it was a bit of a, a shock really I didn't actually expect that I would do it but um, in the end it turned out to be like one of the most fun years so I'm glad that that happened um, afterwards so that was my job out of college the teaching English in Madrid it sounds like an absolutely amazing experience to be able to do something like that and I suppose having taught English abroad myself uh, I think one of the things I definitely felt like I missed out on was the fact that I didn't speak the local language so it must have been an even better one for you to be able to speak Spanish and to be able to kind of uh, experience it more kind of uh, I suppose holistically so how long you were there for a year is that correct am I correct in saying that yeah, so I was there from, let's say, September to um, June, I think. So, yeah, nearly a year. And in that year, then I was kind of like, will I stay for another year? But I kind of knew that that year was like, I know probably people in the UK use it more than Ireland, but that was more of a gap year that it wasn't really a career move. I decided I, I did actually really like the teaching, but I didn't want to do it forever. So I at least I ruled that out when I was there. Um, so I was looking at masters and my dad and my friend were sending me one that was in UCC and it was called information systems uh, sorry UCC is at the university that I went to University College Cork and they were sending me this masters that was called information systems for business performance and it was for people who hadn't done any business courses before and it was nearly like a conversion course um into IT and business so it looked good I talked to a couple of people who had done it the year before and they all had good things to say about it and I applied for that so when I got back from Madrid I went and started that masters um back in UCC. So it's very interesting listening to that because before you even started the masters there was a obviously a draw towards the business area not just because you did a masters in um, in business but because you were looking uh, at the kind of graduate jobs uh, in that area to begin with. What do you think the draw was to that particular area? Um, I think I this sounds bad but I wasn't really sure what else to do like I well like most people that I had gone to college with either were working in companies like um one of the big four 
or um, else they were gone into teaching. And I knew I didn't want the teaching part, but I wasn't sure about the business part. So I said I'd give it a go and and stay maybe for a year or two in one of these companies if I got the job. Um, so the only place I actually applied for more when I got back and it didn't seem like um, they were going to to let me in without any sort of business. I hadn't done it since first year of school, so I needed to get some bit of a background in it. So the master's seemed kind of a way into these companies, really. And how did you find the business course? I loved it, actually, but I think that had a lot to do with the people that were in it. So um, I had a really nice group of people um, that I got on really well with. And the course itself was interesting. There were some modules as in all courses that were more interesting than others. But since everyone was starting from the same place, it was actually really nice. It was like being in first year again. And um, there was a lot of work involved in it, but a lot of the projects as well were group projects which I suppose is how you'd be working in in a normal company in groups so um I thought that was really good practice actually for working in teams so the group part of it I really liked and yeah it was it was I thought most of the content was quite interesting and relevant to even things that I'm, I'm doing now maybe I didn't realize at the time when I was doing it but it was really really useful and um, so I yeah I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that course Okay, so the course comes to an end. It sounds like it went really well. It sounds like you had a, a really good time kind of doing it and it was a, it was a kind of an eye opener. And what was what was your next step or when did you start thinking about your next step of of, of uh, what your next kind of career move was going to be? Um, it's actually funny. The, it was before Christmas. We had a class um, every week. We, yeah, one of our classes was kind of getting external speakers to come in and, and talk to us. So one of the weeks there was this company called Accenture. I had never heard of them before, but they came in one Friday. I'd say it was maybe September, October, fairly early on. And they came and pitched the company to us saying, oh, you should apply for Accenture. It's it's great. And you'll get to travel loads. And we've gone and training in, in a lot of different places and you'll make loads of friends. So I thought it sounded good. And I actually bumped into the girl who gave the talk outside the library later on. And she was chatting away and she asked me, did I want to go for lunch with a group of of um, grads or people that were applying for the position um, later that week. So she invited me to lunch that and one of the managers were there and other people that were applying to the role were there and we had a chat and I, I liked the sound of it. I thought it sounded like really friendly and varied and everyone there was quite nice that I had met. So I did the interviews for that and I got the job. So I had the job for Accenture in December, just before Christmas. So I actually didn't really have to worry too much about it. Um, for the rest of the year, I kind of just was like, listen, that's fine. I'll, I'll take that and I'll stop applying now. So I I kind of knew before the master's was finished what I was going to do the following. I think I started in yeah, it was October that I started. And what was the, the I mean, that, that sounds amazing. The fact that you had that lined up, it must have been a huge relief to kind of have that structure going forward and and what exactly uh, was the job that you had to do with them? So it was called a um, business analyst role and um, basically everyone there's maybe 20 people that start with you and we all went into really really different roles so the role is quite general um, but you're placed in different client sites depending on demand. So some people were in pharma companies, some people were in um, like resources companies. So it you don't even know where you're going to start until you until you get there. 
and I was placed in a financial services client. Um, So, yeah, I had not I had no idea what to expect. Um, I made a lot of friends there and I didn't have a lot of work to do for the first few months. And then I was placed on a different project where I had an extremely lot of work to do. Um, So the two projects were completely different. Um, And I suppose sometimes I actually think that you don't know what you're learning until you look back on it. Like maybe at the time I didn't think I was learning a lot. But when I look back, there was a lot of things that I learned. Um, Maybe you pick it up bit by bit. So even if you do start a job and you're worried it's not for you or, or you're not progressing quickly enough, I think if you take stock afterwards, you'll realize that you actually did come a long way. And I, I totally agree with everything you just said there. And I, I think it does take that kind of bit of time and a bit of distance to kind of be able to look back at and totally understand it. And I suppose for anyone who's listening who might not be familiar with what a, a business analyst does, can you talk us through the kind of day to day activities or the kind of maybe projects you were working on to give us a bit of a feel for the job? Yeah, so um, the first project was kind of more like secretarial things like uh, running meetings and taking notes for meetings and um there actually probably wasn't enough work for me to do so it was quite quiet and I wasn't very busy and I actually looked for a change and asked could I be put on a, a different project so then they changed me to a different project in the same financial services client and that was a project that was um how do I summarize this the bank systems needed to be compliant with a new EU regulation, let's say, and there was a lot of systems that had to change in order to do this. So I was doing uh, interviews with different people who ran systems in the bank and like analysing their processes and then drawing out um, how they, for example, storage mortgage data. And then I would have to draw out all these processes and then draw out how we would need to change them in order to be compliant with the new regulations. So... It was. I was actually lucky that I joined that project at the very start. So there was only three of us at the start. And then when I left that project this year in, I suppose, March, there was probably 60 people on it. So it really grew um, from, from only a couple of us to a, a much bigger scale project. And I was involved in a couple of different roles on that project, um, including like testing systems, which is something I never expected to do. But it just kind of progressed, like the fact that I, got more familiar with the bank system it seemed like a natural progression to go into the testing role then and how how long in general how long in total were you looking were you working for that company um two and a half years yeah nearly exactly two and a half years so Um, yeah it was a long time and they do kind of they do have a promotion cycle as well so I had just gotten the promotion last year so then I kind of said I might start looking elsewhere just for a change and um, I think in your first job as well maybe two and a half years is almost enough to 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 start you off and then I kind of wanted to change and I felt on that project as well I kind of learned everything I could learn and um, I did want to kind of use the French as well so that was kind of a kickstart for me to start looking elsewhere. And yeah, you, you've you've uh, you've beaten me to, to the to the question because <laughs> I was I was just about to ask that that like you obviously have a, a love of, of languages with with French and Spanish. So was that kind of you know something that was burning in the back of your head as you were spending your time working with this job where you didn't kind of have to use it on a day to day basis? 
Yeah, it always was. And I did try and keep it up. I did French um, classes in Dublin and I'd go to French language exchanges. Like I really did want to keep it because if you don't use it, it's difficult to keep at the same level. So I used to go to language exchanges in the evenings, um, maybe like once every two weeks or once a week. And um, and they they really helped me to keep the level of French that I wanted so I did always want to use it and I um yeah I think that that's important if anyone is looking to to use their languages I would definitely definitely recommend just keeping them up because I know a couple of people who wouldn't be comfortable at all in speaking French or Spanish and it's a bit of a pity if you do it for years and then and then don't use it at all so well that's what I think anyway I, I like speaking it um but I think it's worth trying to keep it up at least Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm going to make an assumption here and then please correct me if I'm wrong, because, you know, when you, when you left college initially, uh, it sounded like you were kind of the only kind of maybe language options you were kind of really considering were kind of like the translator roles or kind of, you know, that kind of uh, that kind of um, this was more, let's call it more traditional way of, uh, of um, uh, pursuing a career in languages. But at this point, when you got a huge amount of business, not only training, because you've done the master's, but also the experience in that, were you now starting to think, actually, I've got so much business experience, I must be able to find a way uh, to combine both the language uh, and the business side of it? Yeah, that's what I thought. And actually, I didn't even go looking for this current role that I have. It was someone on LinkedIn messaged me. Um, So when she sent it to me, I said I'd go and um, have, a, have a look and just see what the call was like with this recruiter. And then it sounded really good, as you said, a good mix of business and French. And I did an interview. I actually wasn't sure if my French would be good enough to do it. And I had an interview with the manager and that was in French. She said, no, it's fine. And then there was another interview after that and I got the job and I was delighted um, because it just seemed perfect. Then it kind of landed in my lap nearly. So I didn't have to go looking. Um, for it which was really really good and it's funny isn't it the way it works because you know you're 100 percent right it, it landed in your lap but not after a huge amount of, of work do you know what I mean? you had to go you do your master's you had to get the experience in your first kind of job after university you you did something different uh by going to madrid and teaching so you you know even though it, it landed in your lap in the end it sounds like there was a massive amount of work went into kind of developing that career and developing yourself to put yourself in a position to to take hold of that opportunity when it uh when it finally arrived would that be a fair thing to say yeah I actually I think you're right I thought the same I I was like whoa that was really lucky but then I was like you know you've been trying for like seven years to get a job with French since you went into college so and I've been going I went to that holiday village and I actually did that again the summer before going to Madrid and I did all those language exchanges and I did keep up with French and try to keep meeting up with French people so you're right even though it seemed lucky it there was an awful lot of work behind it. So, I mean, now it, it, it sounds uh, like you've got a, a fantastic kind of opportunity to kind of develop in, in this area. You know, as you said, you got you got a great mix of, of the business experience, but also of the French. And I'm, I'm just, one, I'm just delighted to hear that. And there's not really even a question with that. It's just not, it's just nice to hear kind of a story of, of people's careers kind of coming together and kind of the, the good work paying off, because I think it's uh, it sounds like it was absolutely, absolutely deserved. I'm, I'm curious about what you've learned during this experience so far and what maybe 
uh, advice and and guidance you could you could uh, pass on to people who might be listening. Bearing in mind the kind of people who be listening to this to this uh, uh, podcast, people who've either they're still studying or maybe they're graduating or maybe they're just looking for a general kind of career change and and which is obviously a very kind of wide spectrum of people but what kind of what what have you learned from this do you think you could pass on and what kind of advice and guidance i would say if you're unhappy in a job either ask to be maybe moved into a different role because if you don't ask you're not going to get so that was the first thing because i did that um in my in my first um project I asked to be moved so like maybe it's just a role that doesn't suit you it might not be necessarily the company so you don't have to go moving jobs straight away you can try a couple of roles in in the company I, w- I would advise that first um to start kind of small and have a chat with your manager and if they don't listen to you which kind of was sort of the case with me by the end and I, I did kind of bring up the languages things a few times then you kind of have to make a decision to um, look elsewhere. So I would advise just trying trying it for a while, giving it a good go, um, maybe moving around um, within the team or the, the project. And then if not, um, just, yeah, try somewhere else. And it's, it might be scary, like I'm still learning and it's been an extreme learning curve since I started in this role, um, but I think it's worth it. Um, like it, it, it's obviously um, harder to to start new and and remotely as well. But um, I I'm glad I made the move as well, and I think it, it's really good to to be learning new skills and even meeting new people virtually is is really good. So I I'm glad that I made the move. Is there anything maybe you would have done differently if you had your time again? Um, I thought about this a few times too, and no, I don't think there is. Um. No, I don't regret anything that I've done because I have great friends that I made in Accenture and I'm going to be friends with some of them for life. And um, I had a great time there and uh, I, yeah, I definitely don't regret anything. And I love my college course too. Um, I had my experience of Erasmus. So yeah, maybe I would be in a very different place if I had done a different college course, but I think it all worked out fine. Well, it's not the end, but I think it all worked fine up to now. Absolutely. And um, before I let you go, I do like to give people the opportunity at the end, um, and I can edit this bit out if it needs to be, just to, um, if they have anything they want to add, anything you want to say without a question, uh, you you feel free to to jump in now and say it. Um, I think I just advise people not to worry too much. I Well, I say that I do worry a lot still about different, oh, um, should I try and... It, uh, try this career instead or that career instead but like just start with one see how that goes and you might be surprised you might really like it or you might find out something that you're really good at um so yeah just just get your foot on the ladder and and just see from there i think you can always move around nothing is set in stone so just go for it That was Neve O'Riordan talking about her progression from studying a liberal arts degree where she focused on French to then building a career in business and eventually being able to move those two together so that 
she could work in a business context while still using her French language skills. I really like this episode because I think it should and it hopefully will give people some kind of hope because sometimes when you come out of university or college you have this thing that you're really passionate about but you haven't quite figured out how to use it in a career setting so far and sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get there and the thing that I particularly like about this episode is that you know Neva had one part of her skills in being able to speak great French but she needed to go off and learn business skills before she could kind of join those two together and it's very similar if you're a regular listener to the podcast to episode nine when Kira O'Leary had this love of writing but she ended up joining it with her business skills to then follow a career as a technical writer. So remember, if you're someone who has a passion and you just haven't figured out how to kind of use it as a career yet, how to make money out of it yet, it doesn't have to be something in a kind of a traditional I suppose, obvious way. There are other ways of using things. There are other avenues of using skills and uh, using uh, talents that you may have. It just might take a bit of time to kind of carve out a path for you and for you to develop the other skills that kind of complement your kind of passionate skill. So uh, I hope that gives some people listening a bit of hope and a bit of um, inspiration because I know it can be a bit discouraging when things aren't uh, working out straight away. So just keep going, keep trying, keep upskilling, and you never know what kind of positive combination may come from the passion you have now and the skill you're learning today or tomorrow. Anyway, I'm Keno Sullivan. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Graduate Compass. Remember, if there is a degree subject or specific industry you would like to be featured on any future episodes, then we would love to hear from you and know what you are trying to find out. Our email is info at graduatecompass.ie.